Welcome to TJH, your go-to podcast for all things journeying home to yourself. I'm your host, Hayley Curtis, Gene Keys and Women's Transformation Guide, here to encourage and usher you into remembering who you are by peeling back the veil on all things shadow work, self-love, self-worth, relationships, gene keys, breakthrough, awakening, and so much more. One thing I know to be true about you is that you are utterly magnificent. And here at the Journey Home Podcast, I will be walking hand in hand with you as you discover and remember your magic. Let the voyage begin. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Journey Home Podcast. I am just delighted for our episode today because I have one of my beautiful clients turned very close friends, Megan, with me today. And oh, I was thinking of how I was going to introduce Megan to you, and I feel like you just can't introduce Megan. <laughs> Because she is so vast and incredible and she has lived such a full life. Megan is 66 years old. She is my fairy crone mother, one of three of my fairy crone mothers who support me inside the Journey Home membership. And Megan is a guide inside the Journey Home. She runs a section called Megan's Messages from Gaia, where she shares her love of nature, her love of the dream arc in the Gene Keys. Megan has been a long-term Gene Keys journeyer, and we are just so lucky to have her here with us today. I know, Megan, that you're feeling a little bit nervous, as you should be, when You've never done a podcast before, and that's completely okay. And I am honoring you for being here. I just, anytime I'm on Zoom with Megan, I just feel at home. She just brings this calm energy over me, and I'm so grateful to have her in my life and very grateful to have you here today, Megan, interviewing me, which I believe we're going to be talking about shadow work today, but we'll see where it goes. There are no rules when it comes to the Journey Home podcast, but I thought, Megan, a, a lovely way that maybe you can share with the audience is if you want to share anything about yourself, please feel absolutely free. And then how you fit into the Journey Home community and how you found yourself here. I would be happy to talk about that. <laughs> um, I found the Journey Home almost a year ago when I was looking to expand my inner work with more actual journaling. And lucky for me that that prompt <laughs> within me didn't really mean I had to journal more. What it really <laughs> meant is I had to find you, Haley, <laughs> because you uh, have such have really helped me to embody the Gene Keys. I discovered the Gene Keys back in 2020, 20, late 2020, and um, I did all of the... Uh, sequence of the golden path with uh Richard and his team and uh I was so happy to find you because working one-on-one -on -one with you I've been able to really make more sense of them in my day-to-day -day living mm. and um what I do on the journey home is basically I do a video a week pretty much um 
working through whatever messy things life have thrown at me mm-hmm. and work through them with the lens of the gene keys. Mm. So I share things like how I've been distracted so I don't have to feel my feelings Mm. or how my eating disorder has been triggered by something or other. I I go with the honesty of my emotions of that week for Mm. whatever the video is going to be. And uh, yeah. Oh, and they are magnificent. They are such raw, real accounts of what it looks like and feels like to walk this inner road. And that just brings so much value to our community because I think sometimes we have this tendency to just show the result, right? We just show where I got to with the inner work. But what you let us into, Megan, is behind the scenes, you know, behind the curtain of what it looks like when you're right in the messy part. And that's that's that beautiful role of, I guess, that crone energy where it's gotten to this point that it says, I am okay to let people see me. I'm okay to let people see me in the mess because by doing so, I empower them and I show them the trueness of what it is to walk this human road, not just the fluff and the excitement and mm-hmm. the this is what you can get on the other side, but this is what you have to go through to get there. And so Megan's videos are like a, a inner work vlog and they're just so amazing and she puts her her character into it and you always give me a laugh in your videos as, at the same time as then I cry and I get goosebumps and I get inspired and I'm so grateful to to have you in there Megan it's just such a delight um but thank you for that beautiful introduction Okay, everyone, you need to know Megan. So you need to come into the journey home and get to know Megan. (laughs) (laughs) What what we'll do, do, Megan, is I'll just hand it over to you to ask your first question. I have no idea what the questions will be. We'll just roll with it and see where this conversation takes us. Well, I think what I'd like to do, you, you talk a lot in all of your work about the treasures within the shadows. Mm. And I'd like to demystify shadow work. Because I think for a lot of people, when they hear shadow work, it sounds very esoteric. Mm. It's it's kind of like, oh, shadow work, that's what those witches do over there in a coven, (laughs) or that's what those woo woo people do over there. Or, Mm. and yet with the gene keys, it's a major part of the gene keys. So I'm hoping to kind of bring shadow work into the kitchen and into your Mm. workplace and into the car when you're driving, you know? Mm. So um, (laughs) first, would you define the following three words through the lens of the gene keys? Okay. The shadow, fear, and then victimhood. Oh, okay. Yes, yes, yes. I love that you speak of bringing shadow work into the kitchen and into the car because I feel like this is my mission in life to guide and and help women and men to 
make shadow work not a thing that you do, like you said, locked away in a room with your journal, but but a lifestyle. And in order for it to become a lifestyle, you're right. It does need to be demystified. It needs to be made tangible. It needs to be made accessible. And also it needs to be made to not be so scary. I mean, just the word shadow alone sounds scary. So let's define, that was the first word, right? To define shadow. Mm -hmm. Okay. So the shadow, an easier way to look at that would be the word challenge, right? That's that's more of a, uh, a tangible way to feel it because we all know what it feels like to face challenge in our day. And we face challenge on so many different levels and depths and heights, right? We have the smallest of challenges in our day. And then we literally come up against these massive challenges in our life that can take months and sometimes even years to journey through and no matter the the height or the depth of that challenge that's a shadow coming up a shadow is is something that is sort of it caps us in a way it makes us perceive that we are capped in a way right that's what that shadow is it's the it's an expression of fear coming through our DNA that is rooted in our past experiences, but even more than that, it's rooted in our ancestral patterns. It's rooted in our animalistic DNA that comes back from way back in our evolution that that comes through and creates these feelings of uh, any feeling that feels like it's like, "Eh, I don't really like that feeling, any uncomfortable feeling is a shadow at play. It's a level of challenge at play. And it's very interwoven with this other word to define, which is fear. So in terms of fear, I guess I usually define fear as a shadow and shadow as a fear. You know, they're interchangeable in the word. But fear is just what exists when love isn't the focal point. Right. And when it comes to fear and love, the love just needs to outweigh the fear. You know, even if it's 51% love and 49% fear, love is going to lead the show. Um, Fear is this, technically fear is just the fear of death. Fear is the result of being in a human mortal body. That's really what fear is at its absolute crux. It's this it's this subtle anxiety that exists in every one of our cells because they are mortal. And our immortal soul being in a mortal body, that's fear, right? Mm, and it, yeah. it, it manifests in so many different ways, usually based upon your gene keys, is the way that that fear in your cells will manifest through the shadows that are sort of predestined in your DNA to be activated. But then it will also manifest through your experiences where you have um, maybe a trauma or something that happens to you when you're young and you grasp onto that as part of the expression of fear and then you collect evidence for that fear the rest of your life and you create these you create fears, but they're all based in that mortality, right? And for me, that sort of takes the 
the scariness out of it in a way. It's like, wow, all of these things that are coming up, all these fears I'm feeling, they're just a manifestation of that one thing. They're just a manifestation of that mortality of my physical body. But then, of course, we can lean into the immortality of our souls, which sort of balances that back out again. But then victimhood, victimhood is sort of the result of the fear and the shadow. And the victimhood is when we get trapped in the fear frequency. Uh-huh. When, okay. When we buy in to the fear as being scary, right? Because fear exists no matter what we do. It's always going to exist. But victimhood is when we actually fear the fear <laughs> instead of empowerment or liberation, which is where we take a fear and we see it as an opportunity. We see it as um, a doorway or a portal into more of who we are, more of our evolution, more of our transformation. That is what it means to not be a victim of fear. But victimhood is where we go, because I'm feeling this way or because this is happening, I can't do X, Y, or Z, or because of this fear, this means that my life will always have to look like this. And that is really where we get trapped in the shadow and we fall victim to our fears. But victimhood is not a bad thing. And it's it's not something to be ashamed of. It's nothing that's wrong with us. And, um, you know, many of us go through things in our lives where we are a victim to something or someone. And so it's not about never experiencing victimhood. It's about seeing victimhood as nothing but fertile ground for awakening and transformation. Okay. Since some of these are so natural in our makeup, because we are human, we have fears, we have challenges. Mm. Why why should we excavate our shadows? Mm. <laughs> I truly believe that it is why we are here. Mm. I, be- I believe that shadow work is one of the largest parts, if not the entirety of our purpose because it is within the shadow work that we access the creative impulses and the creative uniqueness that is our evolution, is our part to play in the cosmic web of life, is our part to play in the interconnectedness of all things. Human evolution is human creativity. And human creativity is actually created in the movement from shadow to gift. That is where you ignite the light inside your DNA, the higher potential inside your DNA that comes out of your cells and then is expressed as unique creativity into the world, which is your purpose. And so this shadow work becomes the very thing that we're here to do. We are... We're looking for purpose, right? I mean, every human being, we come into this world and once we reach a certain age, we almost get obsessed over what's my purpose? What am I here to do? Like, what am I meant to be in this world? And it's actually never going to be found in a career or a relationship or anything on the outside. 
it's found in going into your shadows, into your challenges to find the gift inside, right? As the Gene Keys teaches us, every shadow contains a gift. And that gift is part of your purpose to excavate that gift, to dig into the shit, <laughs> to find the diamond. And then you take that diamond and that is your service. You take that diamond, you let it just absolutely awaken you, and then you can't help but that seep out into your community, into your relationships. And that's the very, that's the very reason why we came here. And so shadow work is the beginning of that. Like we all want to access our gifts, but sometimes we're not willing to dig in the shit to find them. <laughs> right? Right. Like if yeah. we want diamonds. You've got a mind for them. They don't just sit on the surface of the earth. And this is where nature reflects this to us. Her treasures are so often buried in the soil right. and we have to dig for them. Or if we're growing treasure like a tree, guess what you have to do first? You have to dig in the soil to plant the seed before <laughs> it will grow. So nature shows us this truth that in order to access the beauty and the brilliance and the diamonds, you've got to dig. Okay. So how does the person who's listening to this, who is just sort of beginning this, how, how do they, how do you discover your shadows? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously we've got the gene keys. I'll come to that in a moment because okay. I, I was doing this shadow work for seven years before I even found the Gene Keys and right. had, awa had awakened a lot of my gifts in the Gene Keys without knowing the Gene Keys, which is a beautiful truth about life that as we start to truly dig, we will find the diamonds, you know, that we're meant to find. So before the Gene Keys, I would find these shadows by really getting honest with myself. The moment that you apply self-honesty to your own life and what's actually going on, you will find these shadows. You will find these areas that are truly holding you back. And so in the beginning of my journey, that's really what I started to do. I started to look upon my life with more radical self-honesty than I ever had before. And that radical self-honesty is where you have to start taking responsibility for what's manifesting in your life right? What was manifesting in my life was illness and anxiety and just <sighs> shit. <laughs> and so <laughs> instead of spending this time where I'd go round and round trying to figure out why is this happening to me? Why is this happening to me? I shifted, looked it on myself for self-honesty and said, what am I doing that is creating this in my life? And by looking in on your life as self-honesty, you're going to find some things. And usually you find the surface things first. So then I started peeling back the layers. Like the first thing was, okay, I am feeling really horrible about the way my body looks. And so I dug in there. 
which revealed gold to me. And then I was like, okay, I'm having these crazy thoughts about time and always feeling like time's running out. I dug in there and I found more nuggets. And then I looked and I saw, okay, I am believing that I'm not worth anything because I'm not able to work right now. So I dug in there and I found nuggets. So I was finding technically shadow patterns just by looking upon myself with this honesty. But then when I found the gene keys and seven years Mm -hmm. into this shadow work and I I thought that I had found it all, you know, I'd been digging for seven (laughs) years. I found so much. I was like, I am, I am good at this. (laughs) Then I find the gene keys and obviously your gene key profile, you put your information in, it will bring up those 11 shadows. And in particular, I mean, the first place you go is that life's work shadow. And for me, it was dislocation, feeling lost. And I didn't even know, I didn't realize that that was actually what I'd been digging into all along without knowing it. And ah. so, you know, I as I was reading my life's work jinky and the gift, I was like, holy shit, this is what I've been discovering this whole time, but in bits and pieces and by having to take so many different paths to find it. Yeah. Yeah. Now when I had the actual language of the gene key, I could pinpoint it and laser focus in on that so much more. And in doing so, just find so many more Mm -hmm. diamonds. You know, that the the thing about the gene keys and shadow work is it it gifts you with the language because part of manifestation, which is really what's happening with the shadow work, right? Like, like I said, when you're manifesting crap on the outside, it's because of what's happening internally. And so if we want to manifest gloriousness on the outside, we need Mm -hmm. to shift internally. And the shift that actually needs to happen is the language. Language is the tool of manifestation, right? What we speak into being, we bring frequency to that which we're discovering. And so as much as you can manifest through just frequency of attitude and things like that, which I had been doing up until that point and using the power of language, with the gene keys, you get such specific language that just cuts through fear, cuts through that shadow, sprouts out of that fertile ground. And as you start to use this language, both I used it in my journal and I started using it as I speak, you start manifesting the trueness of your gifts because you've come into alignment with the language of your shadows and your gifts. And so that's another piece that I think is really important. Wow. Hmm. Wow. Okay. <laughs> um. And that's really what we've been doing in your life, right? For the last yes, we have ten we months. Absolutely have. Mm. Yeah, bringing that yeah. language. And in, in a way, my videos that I do, mm. I am doing the same thing you're talking about, where I'm speaking mm. the language of my inner work, yeah, in such a clearer way mm. than a hit and miss kind of thing that I'd been doing for. You know, I've been a seeker all of my life. Yes. And followed this teaching and that teaching. And now it's following the gene keys is like bringing them all together yeah. into one, as you said, beautiful language. And mm. um, yeah, absolutely. Mm. 
Okay, so we've talked a lot about the somewhat theoretical stuff. Mm-hmm. Let's get more into the, our day-to-day dealing with the shadow work. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Let's say um, I can t- tell that one of my shadows is in play, but I'm not sure which one it is. How do I identify it? Or do I need to even identify it? That is such a great question. Oh, and you'd have the best questions. (laughs) (laughs) And you know what? I actually made these questions when I was in the midst of a shadow with no answers. So that's why. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, I mean, there's a couple of different ways you could go about this. I'll share what I personally do that works for me. I use my gene keys. I really okay. use my gene keys and I think you've seen me do this before and I've sort of um, I've shared this within some of our gene key groups before where if I just wake up and I'm like I'm off you know mm-hmm. I just I can feel so off sometimes when I wake up or maybe it's later in the day but for me it's usually when I wake up like I can just wake up straight into a shadow and I'm like oh and I just feel so uneasy and I'm like what's going on And my natural reaction to that is to want to distract myself. (laughs) And so Mm -hmm. the first place is to bring awareness to that behavior pattern, right? I've become very aware that if I find myself sitting there with my journal and instead of writing, I'm scrolling on Instagram or I'm playing with my card decks or I'm like putting my finger and touching the woman wax in the candle. (laughs) I just would do anything (laughs) to distract myself. And so that's my first thing where I go, okay, Haley, you're distracting yourself from some feeling. Let's figure out what it is. And so then I just use the language of my gene keys and I run through my shadows and I go, okay, is it dislocation? Hmm, Maybe. Is it entropy? Is it reaction? Is it intolerance? So I run through my activation sequence first, always. Um, And then if it's not there, then I go into my Venus. But usually I've found it by the time I get to my evolution. There it is. So when you're going through these Mm -hmm. dislocation, do you then just tune in to your body and it gives Mm. you a, "Mm, that doesn't quite feel exactly it. So it's your body is giving it or your inner intuition or. Yeah. Interesting questions. I think sometimes it's it's just tuning into my body and other times if I'm feeling really unsure, I actually write about each of them. So I'll actually say, how is dislocation showing up for me right now? Because it might be a combination of different things. Um, And and then I'll be like, okay, how is entropy showing up right now? So yeah, if, if I'm not feeling it instantly, which sometimes I do, I will then write about it. So that's how it sort of plays out if I'm sort of sitting there with my journal in the morning. But then, of course, there's other times when I'm in my car or I'm, you know, and I don't have access to sitting there with my journal. And, again, this is about the awareness that I have built to even recognize when I am in a shadow pattern. Right. That's the most important thing, which takes the initial work of working with these shadow patterns when you're not necessarily right amongst it. You're just doing the work, you know, you're you're working through your gene keys, you sit with your journal, no matter how you're feeling, to build this awareness of okay, how do I usually 
how does this show up for me? Like, and so I've built this understanding of how it shows up for me so that then when it's showing up, <laughs> you're like, oh, there it is. Here I am. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Here I am right in that thing that I knew was going to happen. Okay. And, and so in that moment of recognizing that, then I usually, I will have a conversation with myself about what's happening. And I say, okay, Haley, you're feeling this way right now. What's playing out here? What's bothering you? What's underneath this? And actually turn it into a conversation, which then leads me into contemplation. And sometimes depending on where I am, if I'm on my own, this conversation will be out loud. But, hey, Mm. I might be amongst a group and I'm noticing something coming up. I might notice myself suddenly get a bit socially anxious. And so I'll have this conversation in my own mind, in my own heart space and and start to recognize these things. But, yeah, I think the most important thing, Megan, is actually having put in the initial work to even understand what it looks and feels like for a shadow to be coming up because we don't know that because it's become so normal for us to feel that way. That we just think, oh, that's just life. It's like, no, that's a right. shadow coming up. And so that's that first point of call. Okay. This leads to one that's not even on my list here. But <laughs> so um, this is dedicated work. Mm. This is work that takes time. It takes energy. It takes uh, slogging through some crappy mm. stuff that's happened in your life. Mm-hmm. And um, day after day, you know, month after month, I'm in the middle of my Venus sequence. And I um, have been dealing with my eating disorder now for a number of months. Mm. And, you know, I get little glimmers of peace, right? Mm-hmm. What, what am I working towards? Mm. You know, why? What's the, where's the carrot? Why am I doing this? You know? (laughs) Yeah. And I am because Mm. I I, I know the answer for myself because I have it within me, but I'm asking you for the audience. Oh, I love that. I love that. And how incredible that you have found that for yourself. And it shows that when you really put that work in, that you do find that for yourself. But Mm -hmm. I would say the reason why we're doing this and the hard slog we have to go through, the discomfort we have to go through is so much less than the pain of living the rest of your life in your shadow patterns. And that's really it for me. And it's sort of like, I mean, this is a bit of a motivational culture quote, which I'm not you know, I don't love motivational culture, but it says, choose your hard, you know, Mm. choosing our hard. Do we want the hard path of doing the shadow work, showing up, sitting with our fears, or do we want the hard path of living in fear for the rest of our life? Right. Mm. And we think we have this we have this illusion of comfort we we beca- it's like stockholm syndrome where <laughs> we become like comfortable yeah. within our captivity right because it's what we know we're living in these little jails made of our shadow patterns and we're happy to stay there because it seems too scary to venture out into the unknown that lays on the other side but that unknown is that very thing that you are yearning for it's that very 
fulfillment that you can't seem to find anywhere within your jail cell. <laughs> and, and then we're wondering why we can't. And so we're trying to mask it with all of these different things. But the very thing that you seek actually mm-hmm. lays on the other side of this hard work of showing up for yourself. But the moment you start doing it, and I know that you'll be able to testify to this, Megan, the moment you start doing it is the moment you start to reap the rewards of it. And absolutely, you know, that moment, yes, you have to walk through like that void, the abyss, but I like to change out the word abyss for just the great mother. It's a much nicer way to think of the abyss. It is a much nicer way to think of it. (laughs) Because it is just that yin void energy. The moment that you enter that perceived darkness is the moment it turns into pure light. And so it takes that courage to take that step. But as soon as you take it, you start to experience the relief of freeing yourself, right? Um, And yeah, it's, it's about, and that's why I love the gene keys so much, Megan, because they're not just saying go into your shadows. It's saying Mm -mm. come in and this is where you're going. It tells you what lays on the other side of that abyss. And so you can trust it. You can trust that you can walk through there and you know what you're looking for. And so you find it pretty quickly. Well, and the, there is a dance between the shadow and the gift. Once you start really excavating that particular shadow. So Mm. you will have moments of relief and you Mm. will have moments of seeing that golden gift in you, you Mm. know, and and just, you know, you'll have a conversation and and surprise yourself with what, what I just, I just just exhibited equality there. Oh, that's one of my (laughs) gifts. Yeah, right. Yeah. 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 You absolutely you yeah. start to shock yourself. Like I've had so many of those moments where I might be in a situation, say with Bevan, where usually I would have said something or reacted in a certain way, and I just haven't. And I've just responded in this beautiful love frequency mm. that's created this moment of just pure connection and obsession with each other like Bevan and I obsess with each other and I'm like I stand there and I'm just in awe of myself I'm like what's happening who even am I like and this starts to happen as we begin excavating this because what we're really returning to is our true nature and so those moments when like like for you Megan your purpose is equality those moments where you're like oh my gosh I'm just in equality right now that's your true nature it's it's yeah. all of the reaction and the fear that is not our true nature, right? But we think it is. Yeah. And so it's like, oh, it's this, it's this rewiring of the DNA, of the neural pathways, of the nervous system, of the gut, of like of everything. Yum, 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 yummy. So delicious. Okay, so <laughs> you were just talking about a relationship. Let's go to the shadow. That was talking about the gift, right? Let's go to the shadow. When you recognize you've just been living out some of your shadow behavior in a meaningful relationship, Mm. how do you mend that? (laughs) Yes. So I, I really, one of the things I always ask myself is, is this a me problem or an us problem? When I'm mm. noticing something coming up in 
let's use my marriage, for example, because it's the most, you know, it's the closest relationship in my life. And if I'm noticing that I'm feeling a bit off or if I'm feeling offended or if I'm feeling just, you know, maybe I'm not feeling worthy enough or I'm not feeling loved enough, I always ask, Hayley, is this an us problem or a you problem? And I tell you what, Megan, pretty much 10 times out of 10, it's a me problem. And this is what I have learned. Mm -hmm. This is what I have learned through, especially the Venus sequence, but doing shadow work is this accountability. I mean, this is your, um, your core gene key, the 22, which is the shadow of dishonor, the gift of grace. It teaches us that we have to take accountability for the way we're feeling and the way we're behaving. And so whenever something comes up and maybe I have reacted, I mean, in my radiance, I have the shadow of reaction. In my purpose, I have the shadow of intolerance. So I can say things that I don't mean sometimes, right? I can say really mean things that I don't mean. I don't say mean things about Bevan, but I say mean things about other people to Bevan. Other people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Because I don't have anything mean to say about Bevan and he never he never pisses me off. Like he never annoys me, but other people do and I express that to him and I know that he doesn't like that. You know, he's like, "Oh, why mm. why are you behaving like that? Like why would you say that?" You know, and so whenever those moments arise, that's when I ask myself, I, I bring that laser focus, not onto everyone else and everything else, but back mm-hmm. into me. And I say, Haley, you need to take accountability for that. And when I do that in that moment and I sink in and I go, what would my open heart say right now instead? And then I actually verbalize to him, I shouldn't have said that. You know, and Mm. I'll actually say to him, I'll say, that was my shadow pattern coming up Mm. of reaction or intolerance. Like Bevan's actually learned the language of my gene keys now over time. Um, Not because I forced him to, but just because that's my way. just naturally. Yeah. And I said, that was totally my intolerance. And that isn't actually how I feel. That Mm. was just me reacting. And I make sure I share that with him. Because in the past I wouldn't and then it would come up later and and he would have, you know, because what you say, he'll take that as that's how I feel. And then he's like, oh, she feels that way about it when I actually didn't. It was just my reaction right. that was feeling that way. My truth didn't feel that way. And so then I'd actually, you know, I humble myself <laughs> yeah. by being willing to say I was wrong you know, and maybe it's about a person that I really don't like, but I even am willing to say, you know what, I was actually wrong about that. And at the depths of me, Bevan, I don't feel that way. It's just the surface of me. It's the shadow in me. It's the fear in me. It's the closed heartedness in that moment that's feeling that way. But the trueness of who I am, she doesn't believe that. And I let him know that. So that we yeah. create that safe space to share. And by me creating that safe space of of owning my own things, it, it creates space that he can do the same as well, you know. Not yeah. that, I mean, out of anyone I've ever met in my life, Bevan just, without ever doing shadow work, he's just so in his gifts. So I barely see a single shadow from this man. He's, re- he's, an, he's an anomaly. But, you know, I really, it's about owning them. 
and feeling safe to own it without getting defensive about it because we only become defensive when we close our heart off. So I just asked myself, okay, if I was just to soften my heart right now, what's the truth? And I just speak that. And it always then leads to a beautiful moment, right? A beautiful Mm -hmm. moment. Because with my intolerance, sometimes I I have this deep want for Bevan just to be a bitch with me. I'm like, just, aren't you just hate someone with me for a moment? (laughs) My shadow wants to do that. But Bevan doesn't want to do that. And neither do I really at my depth. And this is where our relationships become our best mirrors back into ourselves. Because yeah. when when I get annoyed at Bevan for not being a bitch with me, <laughs> that is nothing but a mirror back into myself yes. saying, Haley, you actually don't want to be a bitch either. And that's not the trueness of, of who you are. And so just really looking for those moments and then facing them with honesty and open communication. Ah. Uh. <laughs> yes, I recently had that a moment with my son where I started to uh, be mean about someone and I'm in the middle of this meanness and mm. I and I just saw myself doing this and I went, I rewound basically and I said, I'm stopping this conversation right now because mm. I am behaving in a way I do not behave anymore and mm. I apologize and And that's Mm. not how I really feel. Mm -hmm. And he just said, well, okay, cool. Yeah. (laughs) How amazing. You know, Yeah, those moments in a relationship are are so healing and build so much trust because our partner or, you know, your son, these close relationships, as we do that and they see us in our process, they learn to trust that we are working through our stuff. They learn yeah. to trust that when we are in a reaction, that we're we're so capable of, of, of sifting through that. And that just brings so much more harmony, calmness, and just groundedness into a relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that felt really, really good. <laughs> yeah. That. yeah, and I was cheering myself in the back of my head, going, "Yay!" <laughs> and then I was cheering you on as well. And you were because I told it. you about it. That's I was right. Like, yes, Megan. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. All right, so here's one that you can tell I was in the middle of the shadow in the shadow at this time. <laughs> When you know you are in a shadow behavior with yourself Mm. or another, I guess, um, how do you stop from blaming yourself? I give, I get into self-blame because I'm in Mm. the shadow Mm -hmm. because I know about shadows, right? So I get Mm. into self-blame because I think I should know better. Mm. And I would guess I'm not alone in that one. Yes. Absolutely. This is a this is a part of the journey, right? So as yeah. we start to dig into our shadows and we start to understand them, then we can start to hold too high of an expectation that mm-hmm. now because I know about that shadow, I should never go into it again. <laughs> yes. And <laughs> I, I really have had that a lot as you've watched me. I, yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and so 
like, and then it comes up and then we get so annoyed at ourselves that we're back in it. It's like, oh, why am I back here again? And that anger just propels us back into the same pattern Mm -hmm. again. And so it's, it's, it's part of our awareness process and part of the shadow work process where we come to the realization that getting angry at ourselves for being in a shadow pattern just creates more of the shadow pattern. We start to see more of the pattern at play. And and we start to see that that guilt and that shame and that anger as not a gateway out, but the very thing that's trapping us in. And that's part of what we've sort of been conditioned to believe when we're growing up, that if you just get angry enough at yourself or you just discipline yourself enough for the wrong thing that you did, it'll make you better, right? Especially Hmm. if we grew up with authoritative parents or, you know, you're from a a different generation to me, Megan, you're two generations before me. And so your upbringing would have been much more authoritative than mine. And your schooling experience still in the days where they could bloody hit you, you know, like (laughs) that authoritative conditioning as children. And, but we still experience it even today. Like when I was a teacher, if a child broke the rules, they get disciplined for breaking that rule. And so even our structures still today are part of that problem where we are being conditioned that when you do something wrong, you get in trouble. And because you got in trouble, it makes you better. And mm. that's sort of the conditioning we're applying to our own shadow work where we're like, okay, yeah. if, I, if I just, if I just um, punish myself for doing this behavior, I will be better. But is that truly the way in which we evolve? And is that truly the way in which we transform? Because if we look at transformation itself, it happens through open-heartedness. It happens in the field and the cauldron of love and patience. Is punishment Mm. and is getting angry at ourselves for not fixing our patterns yet, is that creating the frequency of love is that the cauldron and the field of patience and love frequency no so Mm. is that going to be the thing that gifts us our transformation no Mm. (laughs) but this is sort of something that we we it's not just about knowing this you actually have to learn it for yourself by witnessing yourself in this very pattern and Once we start to really put those pieces together, then we begin to catch ourselves in this guilt or this shame or this annoyance. And we go, oh, that is just still part of the shadow pattern. What might it look like to love myself right here? What might it look like to bring more open heartedness to myself right here? Because you're not going to hate your way or punish your way out of your shadow patterns. You can only love your way from shadow to gift. And it means everyone listeners, Megan's tearing up. It's so beautiful because she's feeling the, the truth of this. It means that we have to learn to love ourselves in the shadow. And this is the most important part of shadow work. We're not here to fix anything. We're not here to to switch it out for the gift. We're here to find the beauty in the shadow because that is the gift. The gift is the beauty that's in the shadow. And we only find it when we love ourselves there. And we can only 
you know, the process of moving from shadow to gift is allow, accept, embrace. We're not going to allow something that we loathe, but can we, uh, once we begin to love ourselves right there, that's when the beauty starts to reveal itself to you. But that's a journey and that's part of this shadow work journey and you only learn it Mm -hmm. by being in it, by witnessing, oh, it doesn't work. (laughs) Hating myself doesn't work. Oh, damn it. (laughs) Because that's what we've been conditioned to believe, that as long as you just loathe yourself enough, you will get there. (laughs) And, of course, that just creates so much more pain because it never works and then it just leads to more loathing. So, oh, I'm not disciplined enough. I'm not this enough. I'm not that enough. It's like, no, you're a human. And as a human, these shadow patterns are going to exist in your life. And even at the Siddic states, which are the source consciousness, it's the fruit of life, that seed of the shadow still exists in that fruit. We are never getting rid of our shadows. They are to be embraced and to be loved And it is through loving ourselves right there that we access the magic that lays within them. Mm. Mm. I was actually one of my questions, will we ever be free of these shadows? And you just Mm. answered it. Mm. Does it get easier? Oh, yes. (laughs) Hell yes. Because you will never be free of the shadows themselves. They're, possibly in a future like future generations as we really start to transmutate our dna and we actually start to burn these patterns off this is actually what's going to happen in our yeah. evolution we will start physically burning the shadow patterns off our dna until there's no more left but that's going to be a that's 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 a long time. way away yeah that's not yeah. our lifetime However, I do believe that you can fully burn off certain shadow patterns. I feel like I've done that with certain things that you can burn off. However, it's more about that as you really dig in and do this work and you go through this allow, accept, embrace process and you start witnessing how this shadow is nothing but a gateway into your greatness, you come to actually love the shadow. You come to be friends with the shadow instead of enemies with the shadow. And so that's how it gets easier because now when my intolerance comes up, I don't see it as, oh, here's my shadow pattern again. I'm like, oh, here's my, here's where my understanding and forgiveness wants to come through. I see it as nothing but just a beacon back into my remembering, right? Every time mm. that I feel lost, which is my life's work shadow, I now relish in that moment because I'm like, oh, life has just gifted me with a moment to trust. Life has just gifted me with a moment to drop back in to my true rhythm and to drop back in to my connectedness with all things. And so these shadows, the more you get to know them and you more, the more you get to witness the process of moving with them, the quicker you become to access the gift within it. So what used to take me days, weeks, months to find a gift within a shadow, I can now find in seconds because I know it so well. I know the terrain. I know how it feels. I know its language and I know exactly what it's inviting me into. And so Mm. 
that's how I feel that shadow work gets easier because you just know it so well and you're no longer fearing the shadow and you're just seeing it as an opportunity for more love. It's like, oh, this is just coming up because it's showing me that I forgot something mm-hmm. about myself or I forgot something about the trueness of the nature of life. And so they become shadow patterns to me are just these beautiful gifted moments of remembering. That's all they are. They're just moments of remembering. And to be human, part of being human is that we forget. Mm-hmm. Right? We mm-hmm. forget. You can yeah. do all of yeah, the shadow yeah, yeah. work in the world, but you're still going to have these moments where you forget it all. But, and I love, I think Richard Rudd said this, but I've really taken it into my heart as part of my own philosophy, is that I think we humans forget so that we can experience the pure joy mm-hmm. of remembering. Like those moments mm-hmm. that my shadows come up gift me that joy of remembering who I am, and they're my favorite moments in my life. Mm. And that's how the shadow work gets easier. Okay. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) I only have a few more questions here. Um, Is it ever okay? This I, I know how this sounds. Okay. Is it ever okay to just let the shadow play out? It seems like sometimes always seeking and moving out of shadows might be a shadow in itself. <laughs> yes. Oh my God. I love that. <laughs> I'm trying to think which shadow that would actually be. Hang on. Let me just have a little scan in my shadows to see. What shadow would it actually be when we're like constantly seeking to be out of our shadows? Right. Maybe, van- maybe vanity, um, maybe pride, right? Um, what else we got here? Addiction. Addiction. Ah, to- yeah, yeah. Could be addiction. Shadow work uh-huh. could be that. Um, yeah, but possibly vanity probably comes to, to mind the most. We I'm going like, to do oh, this the best. I yeah. am going to be all that. Yeah. Spiritual mm-hmm. elitism. <laughs> right. Spiritual elitism. Absolutely. Oh, yes. <laughs> gosh. I've, I've been having lots of conversations about spiritual elitism lately. And I mean, I can be the worst for it sometimes. <laughs> We're like, I've done the work, you know, I've done mm-hmm. the work. Um, but hang on, what was the question again? I've actually forgotten what the question was. Um, <laughs> Oh, um, okay. is it ever okay to let the mm. shadows play out? Mm. Mm-hmm. That was mm-hmm. the original question. Yes. Yeah. And and yes, is it actually a shadow to think that we always have to be in pursuit of our shadows? <laughs> yes, totally. I think this is the thing about life, and this makes me think of Jane Key 46, right, where it's like the shadow of seriousness and the gift of delight. Oh, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And life Yes, it's to be taken seriously to a degree, but at the exact same time, it's not to be taken seriously at all. Did a bird just hit your window? It did. He's okay. He was a woodpecker. He has a hard head. (laughs) (laughs) I wonder if we're going to be able to hear that in the the podcast. I don't know. I doubt. Who knows? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, gosh. What does woodpecker represent in the dream arc? 
a woodpecker oh. is my um sq so is, is that six impeccability <laughs> impeccability 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 that's right yes yes, yes. oh i love it i love it the shadow of intellect right <laughs> yes so in terms of yeah like this this seriousness right life we take life too seriously sometimes and you can take the shadow work too seriously the moment that you are not approaching your shadow work with playfulness mm. is the moment you've taken it into a realm that is of a shadow itself. So the mm. moment you get overly serious with your shadow work, you're in the shadow of seriousness. And the okay. shadow of seriousness is the programming partner to the shadow of constriction, which is the shadow of anxiety. So when we get too consumed by our shadow work, we just create more anxiety because we start hyper-focusing on everything that is wrong and we start looking at like, oh, no, this, like I need to control it. I need to fix it. Otherwise, my life's going to be terrible. And Jinky 46 says to us, hang on a second, don't forget that you just need to delight in life just mm. as it is, right? And so- that's where that's where the art of contemplation is the gateway into shadow work because it is playful pondering mm. the moment mm -hmm. that you're pondering is not playful you need to just stop for a second mm. and go and do something playful if your contemplation doesn't have the spirit of curiosity in it just leave it and come back mm. to it when when you've reignited that spirit right and so if that playfulness can't be there, yeah, be in your shadow. <laughs> like oh, you're actually okay. safe to be in your shadows as well because by being in our shadows is the only way that we gain the awareness that we need to actually playfully ponder them anyway. And this right. is why you need the shadow to access the gift because you need to understand it. And how do you understand it? By being in it. And that's why the first step of the shadow work is allowing. And when you allow, allow a it. shadow, yeah. you're in the shadow, but you allow it without hating yourself in it, right? Mm. But even if you are hating yourself in it, that's okay too because that's part of the process. <laughs> like, I've, I've had a lot of those moments in the last yeah. year. <laughs> it's <laughs> Absolutely. And this is all a part of, of remembering that we're safe, remembering that you are even safe when you're in the turmoil of a shadow pattern, you're hating yourself and you're fearful. You're even safe there. And, yep. and that will come back around in your awareness eventually. And so, yeah, it's as, as much shadow work that I do. I mean, I do so much shadow work and I work so deeply with the gene keys. But I tell you what, I have a fun time doing it. You know me, Megan. Yeah. I uh, mean, you do. I will <laughs> you make it so fun. I will make a joke at the depths of your void. Like yep. and yep. I will I will spark the playful spirit in the darkness because that's actually where it exists and that's what we're meant to be finding there. And so yeah, it's and and that's why I love holding spaces of shadow work so that I can actually show you the secret and the secret is the delight. The secret is the humor. Mm. It's the playfulness. Um yep. because yeah, without it, you're right. If we're just seeking shadows and getting serious, it's just yeah. a shadow. <laughs> and what I have found is the more that I uh 
am aware of my shadows and work through them and excavate them actually have much more capacity for delight. And then yes. my and my day-to-day life is so much more humorous and light and fun. Yeah. 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 Mm. It also mm-hmm. makes me think of Gene Key 30. And I mean, you just said it makes you feel more light. It's the gift of lightness, but it's the shadow of desire. And the shadow of desire teaches us like all of these temptations we have, like maybe we are craving to eat something or to do something or to be somewhere. And that shadow teaches us that whether you follow that desire or not, it doesn't actually matter (laughs) because whether you do that desire or you don't do that desire, it's not going to fulfill the very thing that you're seeking anyway. And so you can love yourself while you don't fulfill that desire or you can love yourself while you do. It doesn't actually Mm. matter. And it's in recognizing that it doesn't matter that you actually activate that delight, that lightness Mm, where you're like, oh, I don't have to carry around the pressure of, am I going to do it this way or that way or this or that? It doesn't actually freaking matter what you do (laughs) as long as you bring awareness to what you're doing because it will keep opening up the next thing and the next thing you just follow the breadcrumbs. Oh, nice. (laughs) All right. So for my last question, I have something that has absolutely nothing to do with shadow work. Oh, yeah. You want to go for it? Let's do it. (laughs) I know that you mostly work with women Mm. and was wondering if you've ever done a Gene Keys reading for a man Mm -hmm. and how was it different if it was at all? Yes. Oh, I actually shared a little snippet of this topic on the podcast episode that came out today. Oh my goodness. Where I was like, yes, synchronicity. Because I said something about like being a women's guide. And then I said, actually, fellas, let's take a moment for the fellas. And I just spoke to to the men that I know actually are listening to this podcast, which is so cool, by the way. I love that. It is. but I um, and I also shared that while my membership isn't for men because it's this this safe space for women, yeah, what I do with the gene keys, I am so open to working with men because the gene keys language is not gender specific. The no, gene keys language, I can work with that and apply it right to somebody else's life. And I did do a gene key session um with a man uh, maybe over a month ago now. And I was so nervous. You know this. I told you about yeah, it. I do know I was this. leaning on. I was leaning on you for support. But let's tell the listeners. I was like, Megan, help me. <laughs> I always go to my fairy crone mothers whenever I need just a little bit of help, um, which is the beautiful reciprocity of being in true service, mm-hmm. right? If I'm in my right. service to you, you are equally equally in your service to me. Yes. And I was really, I was shitting in my boots. I was like. I'm so nervous. I don't know how to do this. I don't know how to use this language, but I leaned into my life's work, Gene Key, which is the gift of orientation. And I knew that if I just trusted in myself, in what I know, in my wisdom, that it would unfold the way it's meant to unfold. And I mm blew myself away and I know I told you this I blew myself away in the way I so naturally shifted my language to really be tangible 
for more of the male spirit to to okay. understand and you know me Megan I use a lot of analogies in the way that I share about the gene keys and I so naturally was sharing these analogies of things that I knew that this man loved like cars and you know this yes, sounds stereotypically yes. male but this is actually what he enjoyed he loved cars he loves these different yeah. things and I just naturally without even thinking about it was expressing the gene keys through these more easy to understand analogies you know because when I speak to women I use the analogy of like the menstrual cycle a lot and things like that oh, I'm not sure. going to be using that no. No. you right. know because they don't yeah. they're not going to understand the depths of that so I found myself talking about cars and mechanics and all this stuff. And I was like, holy moly, when I just trust my wisdom, it comes out of me in the exact way it's meant to, if I just right. trust it, if I just trust it. And I am very interested in working with men with the gene keys um, because I see them as being such a beautiful transmission because it's a very yin transmission. It can bring, it can gift a man the softness that he may be afraid to access in other ways. Mm -hmm. And, yeah. um, and in particular, I think the way that I'll end up working with men the most, Megan, is in relationship type sessions. Something I'm yes. real, and I've done this oh. quite a bit with you in in mm, your journey with yep. the jinkies. We've we've looked at your husband's chart, we've looked at your dad's right. chart, we've looked at your mom's yep. chart, and we've woven that into the tapestry of what's happening in your life. And I feel like I have quite the gift for that. Mm -hmm. And that's how I more see myself possibly working with men is with women being like, let's bring my husband into this conversation and let's yes. get our dynamics together. Um, but, you know, it's really interesting because I, my whole life up until my early 20s, I always connected more easily with men than with mm. women. And I always had more male friends than female friends. Yeah, and you're the same. And even though like my close, my core friends, like I always was part of this group of girls. There was, mm -hmm. there was six of us in school. But outside of that, I was such a tomboy and I, you know, was mm -hmm. really into the gym and doing this stuff. And I just always, I just loved hanging out with guys. And it really, when my work in this world took me down the pathway of working with women, that was one of the biggest curveballs that life threw me. And that was really part of my awakening because I was in opposition to my own womanhood. Yes. Mm -hmm. Such opposition to my own femininity. You know, like even just two years ago was the first time that I bought dresses to be part of my to be part of my wardrobe, which I hardly wear. <laughs> like I'm always in my pants. And I'm, like I'm, I'm still, I'm quite, uh, you know, I, I do have more masculinity in me because I have very high testosterone. But I came into this place of like mending my own relationship with my womanhood, which made me fall in love with women because mm -hmm. I think that we were conditioned growing up that women weren't safe because they were gossipy and they would bitch and they'd be mean. And mm -hmm. I sort of was just like, nah, I don't want to be a part of it. I don't, I don't identify with that. And like, I, even as a child, I used to cry wishing that I was a boy and I'd uh. be like, 
I, huh. And I would question, I'm like, am I, am I meant to be a boy? Like what, what's going on? And, and, you know, I just never resonated with what it was to be a girl. And um, yeah. And so like in that whole mending of my own womanhood, man, I'm just like, I'm so in love with women, so in love with women. I feel so connected to women. But then of course, my past of being so connected to men is like, hey, yeah. don't forget yeah. about me. You don't all like, yeah. you know, I love, I love both and um, would love to see myself working with both in the future as my capacity continues to grow and as my yeah. my understanding continues to grow. You know, I think working with women is my comfort zone um, mm. and, mm. you know, possibly where I'm destined to be, but I'm just always so open. I'm such an open, open exactly. person. Yeah. Wherever it takes me is where it shall take me. And, um, yeah, I, I love it. I just, I love seeing it playing out in the different dynamics. Like I love witnessing Bevan's gene keys playing out in his life through, mm-hmm. through what it is to be a man versus how it plays out in my life and what it is to be a woman. And, um, not that that's creating divide, but it creates no. the whole, it creates no. wholeness. Wholeness, exactly. It's the whole picture. Yeah. Um, I even said to Bevan the other night, Megan, I was like, Bevan, you know, because I don't, I don't ever force anything of my teachings or my learnings upon Bevan ever. Right. I just live my life and what he's interested in, he's interested in. But I said to him the other night, I was like, Bevan, do you think you'd ever be interested in in looking deeper into your gene keys in the future? He was like, maybe. Like cool, and then we just—I like, just wanted to ask, but um, you know, obviously it would be—it's a deep. I would dream of like sitting with Bevan and unpacking his gene keys. You know, I'd love to do that, but I will—I will not force that. Um, Absolutely. But not. if he comes yeah. to that place, I'll be like, I'll be like Bevan, I'm ready. Like I've already got all his chart notes written up. I'm—I'm I'm, like ready when he comes to me and says, "Oh." Can we learn a bit more about my gene keys? I'll be like, here's your book. I've written it all. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, what a oh, beautiful um, question to finish with. <laughs> oh, it's oh. been so much fun. So, so much fun. fun. <laughs> and I mean, what a beautiful truth that we have just had an over an hour long conversation about shadow work. And there was so much laughter. There yeah, was so we're much smiling. Yeah. There was so yeah. much delight. And I feel like maybe that's the most important thing we're going to leave people with from today is mm. that you're safe to go here. Mm-hmm. You know, the the hard path is the path of no shadow work because it's, oh, it's, yeah. it's the path of living in fear, whether we notice it right there on the surface or whether it's a little bit more subconscious and sort of ruling our decisions and our path in life without us knowing it. And yeah, I mean, the path of shadow work is the most empowering, liberating and awe-inspiring path that you'll ever walk. And really it's just the path back to your inner child, isn't it? That's really where it takes you. It's so rich. It, it, you do come back to your inner child or your childlike nature, but you come back deeper and mm. so much more fulfilled and in a 
brings that magic of childhood into a whole other realm of experience here on this plane. It's just, yeah. Uh, I would love to finish by asking you a question. Can I ask you a question to finish? (laughs) Well, in in the theme of shadow work, what has been one of the biggest shifts you've experienced in your life, Megan, from walking this path? of doing the shadow work? Hmm. I am in the messy middle of a lot of shifts. Okay. So, and they are very profound, but they're not done yet. Yeah. The biggest actual physical thing that's happened in my life is I now have a clean house all the time. Yeah. And... I did not have a clean house for six, you know, five decades. So mm. this is a is a big thing. And mm. that was actually one of the easiest shifts that happened during the activation sequence. Mm. I went from rebelling against probably my mom mm. and culture. Yes, you have to have a clean house. You know, who knows when the neighbors are going to stop by and <laughs> Blah, 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 clean your room, all this. So I was in rebellion for so long. And I honestly, it also worked with some of my shadows. If When I was in exhaustion, which is my radiance shadow, there was no way I, I was ever going to clean the house. Or, mm. you know, uh, so I changed from thinking of it that way to thinking of how can I help my home be happy. Mm. How can I make my house happy? Mm. And so every day I do something that makes my house happy. It's amazing. Yeah. Oh, I love it so much. And I mean, I have witnessed, I've been working one-on-one with Megan since February, March, February, March. March, So, you know, what's that? 10 months, nine months. I have witnessed hundreds of breakthroughs. (laughs) in your hundreds of them it's been just incredible and one last question if you're comfortable to share sure go for it um but megan you have such a a, this beautiful sort of it's a strategy but i wouldn't even call it a strategy of how you help yourself work through shadow patterns and it's where you do a visualization where you invite different shadows Mm -hmm. or people into what you call your living room, which is like your Mm. heart space. Would you be open to sharing with the listeners a little bit about how you do that and, and how it helps you? Okay. Um, I have this heart. I, um, Think of my heart, my chest here mm-hmm. as a living room. Okay, for that's what I call it, a living room. Mm-hmm. And there's a door in this living room. And there, there is the forest. Actually, over time, this living room has grown. So now yeah. it's almost a forest itself. <laughs> but um, what happens is I, I have a... I have this sense that there are lost parts of me that when I went through um, traumatic times, parts of me 
scattered into the universe. And so I, it, with that idea in mind, I this door, it's kind of like a, um, a magnet. Mm. And the more work I do, it magnetizes in these lost parts of me. Mm. And every once in a while, if I'm going through something um, and making some kind of shift, I will go into the living room, I will open the door and ask who's out there, who needs to be mm. brought back in, mm. who needs to be brought back into my heart. What lost part of me is out there that needs to come home? Yeah. And sometimes there will be... Um, something I immediately recognize. And, and it might be the little girl who was so traumatized in first grade when um, a friend uh, got wrapped on the knuckles with a ruler. Mm -hmm. um, and, and that little girl would needs, I ask her what she needs. Mm -hmm. And she will say, I'd really like to have a dog, let's say a dog. So I magic up a dog and I will leave her on the couch with a dog comforting mm. her letting her be at home sometimes at the door there will be a shadow or someone really ugly or I remember a really old shriveled crone there at one time and that uh, I had and I you know basically I asked them what do you need what would comfort you right now? Mm -hmm. What can I do for you? Some won't come in the door and they'll, they'll be outside the door. Um, but most of them do come in now and, mm -hmm. uh, you know, I will give them what they need. And I don't, I don't always come to check on how they're doing, you know, in that living room of my heart. Uh, sometimes I do, and I'll have someone who, um, a part of me who really needs to be checked in on and mm -hmm. I will ask further questions, you know, mm -hmm. uh, it's, it's a very intuitive process and it's best done usually when I'm in a somewhat meditative state in the morning. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, yeah, that is, I've gathered home a lot of broken parts of me. Oh, so beautiful. <laughs> I'm tearing up as you're explaining that because I've had the, privilege of getting to witness that process over time and and how you do that and I love I really wanted to ask that to just really show the listeners how different this can look based on who you are mm -hmm. you know that's a practice I've never done that practice before in my life and I would never have thought to do that but that so naturally came to you and that is your way of loving yourself in the shadow, right? Because to you, you come into your heart, you open the door, whereas mm -hmm. when we're trying to avoid and distract, we keep that door closed and we're like, nah, yes. you can stay so out there. Um, and so I just, yeah, I love this different way in. You know, it doesn't mm -hmm. need to look like like. Megan is not a big journaler as in writing. She's an artist. 
you create these beautiful art journal pages and then you do these visualizations where you're mm-hmm. alchemizing shadows in a meditative state in your heart space in the way that I might do it putting pen to paper and so that's very true I hadn't put that together really yeah absolutely because we all have our own ways in which we feel drawn to alchemize when we hold enough space for ourselves to do it. You know, it's not like that suddenly spontaneously dropped into your life one day when you were just in the chaos. I'm sure that that strategy built over time as you held space for yourself, just like Mm -hmm. the way that I journal has built over time, the way that I have conversations with myself has built over time, but it all began with the decision that I, the path of doing the shadow work is actually the path I'm meant to take and is actually the path of ease, not this path that I'm (laughs) currently on where I'm swimming upstream Mm -hmm. against the current of my own life. Mm -hmm. So thank you so much for being open and vulnerable to share those really intimate parts of yourself, Megan, and Thank you so much for coming on the podcast and coming with these incredible questions. Like I feel like we, you helped me to peel back shadow work deeper than how I would have thought to peel it back. And that's the beauty of having this community and, you know. Synergy. Synergy. Mm -hmm. Synergy. I am so jealous that you have synergy in your chart and I don't. (laughs) that's okay there are plenty of parts of you i'm jealous of (laughs) that that synergy that 45 Mm, is is it the buffalo is that synergy the buffalo ancestral Uh, synergy yes yes yes. yeah i think it is oh i just yeah that's my attraction sphere yeah Mm, mm, it's so good but hey I don't have synergy, which is sad, but that also means that I don't have to deal with the shadow of dominance, which is a doozy. (laughs) Yeah, that one sucks. (laughs) I'll take it. I'll bloody take it. (laughs) Oh, well, thank you so much, Megan. I just adore you. I adore Mm. everything that you do. I love you back. I love you right back. I just love it. And I know that you and I, Megan, are going to continue to collaborate into the future. We have plans Mm -hmm. of different collaborations, which got put to the wayside when we decided to collaborate for TJH, but we've got more in the works. And I'm just so grateful that you stumbled into my life through searching journaling when it wasn't even the thing that you wanted. (laughs) 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 And in it, we got to find each other from the other side of the world. And you're such an integral part of the Journey Home community. And I know that you just touch so many hearts with what you share in there. And to the listeners, if you're not already part of the Journey Home, coming in just just to watch Megan's videos is more than worth it <laughs> if you were Aww. just in it for messages from Gaia. So thank you, my beautiful friend, and thank, thank you, you everyone for joining us. And I'll speak to you very soon. And you know what? I'm sure Megan will be back on too, and you'll get to hear from her again as well. So thank you. Thank you so much for joining me today. It is such an honor to bring my heart directly to your ears. 
the TJH podcast is in her early days. So if you could take a quick moment to leave a rating on Spotify or write a review on Apple Podcasts, I would be extremely grateful. And if you enjoyed the episode, I encourage you to share it with a friend to help spread the Journey Home message far and wide across the globe. I deeply appreciate you and I will chat to you again very soon.